This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Today's Flyperbole brought to you by the new CBS sitcom Roman Wasn't Built in a Day, where former Flyers goaltender Roman Chekmonic and a group of impressionable orphans try to build a new career for Chekmonic as a pro wrestler. Roman Wasn't Built in a Day, Thursdays at 8. I drink alone. <laughs> yeah, with nobody else because I'm socially distancing. And I'm drinking on Zoom with my friends. Uh, I, I guess we're not quite on Zoom. We're on this Google Meet today because Hangouts isn't a cool term anymore. So meeting people is cool. But uh, yeah, we're recording. And yeah, I'm, I might have a boost okay. for this recording because it's the 4th of July weekend, the most exciting 4th of July that we can possibly remember, Craig. Oh, yeah. I mean, I rock flag and eagle, first of all. And secondly, I can't tell you how many people I'm going to be hanging out with this weekend. Uh, Is your bald eagle going to be wearing a mask when you ride it this year? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, let's see. That one, I I, I forgot about the bald eagle thing. That bald eagle is retired, so i got to go find another bald eagle. In pretty short order and uh as i was telling you before the show steve my car's still in the shop so if you guys got any contacts with bald eagles out there you let me know uh hit me up dm me and as people are finding out i'll probably respond to that dm in like three months so uh and there and isn't a craig riding size bald eagle <laughs> uber service out there <laughs> yeah well i mean you know turn on the location and then i find the nearest bald eagle and then they're there pretty i mean if bald eagles want to make some quick bucks that would be the way to do it i don't know if they're pressed for money in the right now too but if they wanted to uh, make a couple green ones that we'd want to go so uh but no i don't i don't have any plans for riding a bald eagle right now steve uh, do you do you have uh you got one you got a sprouse for me you got one that we can both uh ride in glory about philadelphia this weekend or what's the deal well, I, I i mean we can't ride it that close together i don't you know, well yeah i'm talking like specifically distant. we're gonna we'll be on separate uh bald eagles and there'll be uh six bald eagles apart no i i decided not to go ahead with riding uh a human-sized bald eagle (laughs) probably a horse-sized bald eagle is what it would have to be but i decided to not go ahead with that while i chug my bud heavies i'm just gonna be doing it in the the closet-sized backyard i have and admiring all of the completely unnecessary fireworks that have gone on in philadelphia for what feels like an eternity now well at least you know philly has been asking for fireworks they've been you know, they've been saying it's kind of quiet. They haven't heard fireworks at all in like the last three years. So it'll be a nice change of pace on the 4th of July for random exploding, exploding noises all around the city. Because it's been going on for like a month now, hasn't it? Like at least. But the, the problem yeah. is like, it's just more frequent. So I think they legalized fireworks in Philly like a year or two ago. And it's just been, it's been bad to start with. But then since covid started and people are cooped up and really all they can do is i guess sit out front of their house and set off fireworks then not that again not that that's really affected anybody in south philly because again i have barely seen a mask on anybody down <laughs> like it is just yeah. business as usual in the everyday uh comings and goings of uh, south philadelphia but it's 
I'm sure I'm going to see just as good fireworks as if I was at Penn's Landing or something, you know, just <laughs> right outside. Yeah, right outside. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. But yeah, that's I, it is not going to be an exciting fourth for me. And they're shutting down a lot oh, of the yeah. beaches. And yeah, people are uh, people are going to have some fun. Yeah, I was going to say I have nothing lined up uh, just because wherever. I mean, usually for Fourth of July, I'm either going back to Maryland or going into Philly. And uh, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that's happened this weekend. Uh, so just watching uh, Independence Day for a 24 hour loop. Yeah, I'll just do that. I'll watch Rocky Four bunch. Welcome to Earth. Um, things, of that, things of that nature. I'll go ahead and just do that. Um, but I uh, guess yeah, probably drink a lot of Bud Heavies alone. Uh, stream the national anthem. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do when I say the uh, 4th of July. Here. Yeah, drink a yeah. bunch of Bud Heavies, uh, pass yeah. out shirtless on your lawn, <laughs> and scream the national anthem. Do the line by line for the Constitution. I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that'll be real. Yeah. I yeah. can't think of a better fourth than that. There's no, yeah, that's, can't top that. Uh, yeah. But, well, you go ahead. I had nothing. I had, I had nothing at all, but, you know, it's I want if to make a one thing. Segue. Fine. I, no, I, 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 have have a, a segue, yeah. I have a segue for you. All right. Jeez. Yes. Good God. Good God. <laughs> if you need something to celebrate this weekend, besides America's independence many, many moons ago, I think the best cause for celebration is the fact that Oscar Lindblom is cancer free. Yes, I, I've, I'm taking it as that. Yeah, he uh, was done his. He took his final cancer treatment today. So or not cancer he, uh, free, but yeah, took his his final. Yeah, so it, it, a he big celebrated, step forward. Yes, he uh, celebrated big... leaving the hospital in the same way that the the Sixers celebrate leaving games by ringing a tiny bell. Yeah, he did do that in the. Uh, at ten, and uh, the video was pretty. It's the best thing you'll see uh, this week, and it's one of the few positive things you probably uh, see this week when you get on uh, social media. So please go check it out. But still, he Oscar Lindblom took part in his final cancer treatment today after he was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma on December thirteenth, twenty nineteen. So it's uh, just a little over six months now. Yeah, and he is already. He's already done his cancer treatments. So that's, I mean, it's just incredible. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I'm just happy for him. And I'm happy that he was able to not have the process, I guess, complicated or drawn out even further or any kind of unfortunate thing with uh, coronavirus right now. And uh, I'm just happy he seems to be doing okay. Um, yes. I mean, I was going to go over a quote from Oscar and then uh, Fletcher, which, uh, we need to explain the Fletcher quote a little bit because there's no he's he's not coming back for the return to play. I don't he's not playing in this 2014 tournament. Um, uh, Fletcher said, "I can't say enough about this young man. Everyone can see the talent and impact that Oscar has had for us on the ice, but he's an outstanding teammate in our lock in our locker room and a genuinely good person. His attitude and strength through all this is a tremendous inspiration for us all. Today's a great day. Congrats to Oscar. Look forward to having him rejoin our team in the near future." So. The near future part, I'm assuming, just means 2020-21. Uh, because again, I don't, I don't think they're not gonna. He's not gonna go through all this and then do whatever the hell the tournament's about to be. And I, that would be my so. assumption. I, I feel yeah, like that I would don't, be yeah. complete madness to throw him out there at this point for. Well, yeah, like and he's still involved. Game. It's just like 
there's a lot. There's a lot he still has to do. But, I mean, it's fantastic news. And, yeah, I'm sure near future means next season, not like... The, yeah, there is now. Yeah. Because he hasn't skated. He's He practiced once with the team last week. So just from a reality standpoint of, like, getting back out there and actually getting to the flow of it, I think it will take a little bit of time. And then also, why even, like, why, why even put him out there right now? Right. No... And he, he's also going to have to build up muscle and, you know, get back into into the kind of shape that it takes to play in the mm-hmm. NHL because th- the treatment he was getting just takes so much out of you and it- it's oh, yeah. going to take him a bit to, to get back to where he was and it take as much time as you need, man. Like that is, I think it's inspiring that you've gotten this far already and it's just, it's awesome news and we're mm-hmm. very excited to see him back on the ice, but more excited that his, his health appears to be, uh, well, right now he is on the right track back to uh, being a happy, healthy human being, and uh, just fantastic stuff. Yeah, I mean, this again. I think we were both in agreement. It wasn't really. Uh, we were always concerned about his health because you know that's more important than his impact on the ice. But if he, the fact he could be with the team at the start of the next season, and I know this is a unique situation or whatever, but still, that's fucking just incredible. Like to be, he went from being diagnosed to just back out on the ice within a couple months just insane they have it's a credit to how strong and uh how willing he was to just kind of push through it all so congrats to him um i i mean so the yeah i I was gonna go to the coronavirus update after this which is not fortunately the rest of the news is kind of uh got hub cities going but i don't know how much of uh the rest of it sounds too uh, too great, but uh, Edmonton and Toronto are picked out as the hub cities. They were announced by uh, Bob McKenzie. So, um, well, basically, as a result of the U.S.'s piss poor handling of COVID, the yeah, coronavirus, yeah, yeah. just it, both of them are going to be in Canada. The NHL is just like oh, we can't even mess with the U.S. right now because the yeah. U.S.'s COVID numbers have completely surged recently. It's been ridiculous. It's been terrible. Uh, Vegas was, I think, one of the top contenders for being a hub city. And mm-hmm. it, it got eliminated because Vegas has done very poorly. They opened up the casinos. People rushed back and COVID yeah. spiked there again. So it's, it's it sucks. Yeah. It's a shame. But at the same time, Canada's done a better job. Hopefully, you know, everybody can can get up to Canada and be safe. And they can put them in a, a good position to to be able to play out these uh, these playoffs. And yeah. I hope it all goes well. I know you're, I'm being cautiously optimistic. It's not great, but I'm just hoping now that it's in Canada, like we can kind of make it work. It's, yeah. it's still rough, but you know, it's, I, I think we have to go with the facts we have. And until it's time to shut it down and, and say it just can't happen, then we'll say it then. But for now, yeah. I guess we're we're gonna talk about it like it's a it's gonna happen. Yeah, and I can see. I guess I could see a path where they could do it, where they like they have to eventually get everybody into the hub cities, and they need to know you do enough testing and quarantining where the, the players are isolated, and then if you do get positive test early, you just isolate those people and wait for them to recover, and then you could theoretically start the tournament. So I guess it could, I can kind of see a path out it happen. It's just, again, you know, if we're putting it in, 
the hub cities are still kind of, I know they picked out two cities, but uh, last week we were talking about Vancouver and Vegas. Like those were two of the big ones. And then Vancouver lost steam and then we're like, maybe Edmonton and Toronto. And then it turns out this is where we're doing it. So it feels like, it, it just feels like week to week, everything is fluid. And then we're going off the assumption, again, you know, if the players stay in the bubble and they don't leave the the hub cities and everything. And now we're going one in Toronto, uh, where a good chunk of players are from. Uh, and their family and friends are going to be just outside those parameters of where they're supposed to be isolated and not talk to anybody for months on end. I It's a good idea, but I would like to see how we're going to be making sure, like, there's no guarantee these guys are just not going to go out and do anything and then still bring it into the hub cities. Like, I guess I get the idea of getting to a point where there's very little possibility that anybody be, could be getting these players to possibly give them COVID-19, uh, but it's still, I, I don't know. I, I, I do want to do, yeah. I, I want to be cautiously optimistic. I do want to. I do You're want not to, relying on Austin Matthews to not go out there and party his ass <laughs> off after every game. I mean, because yeah. you've actually seen it with, with tennis of all sports where <laughs> some of the, the, the bigger tennis names have gone out and like partied after having matches. Cause you think tennis would be the safest one, right? Baseball and tennis yeah. and, and t- especially tennis because it's so limited in the number of people you have to have to play tennis. And oh yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, Djokovic had a situation yeah, he, recently. I think he did. I don't want to just, I think I saw something about him getting, uh, I thought he had, COVID-19 too. Somebody did. Him or Nadal is one of the big two. Somebody who likes tennis is definitely laughing at us right now. <laughs> but okay, I think so it, it looks like I, I just Googled it. It looks like Djokovic tested negative. Negative. Okay, so he got it tested. Okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, and then I mean, so on top of the uh, so Hub says we picked I, I tried to look at Toronto and Edmonton to see if I could get any kind of gauge of how the COVID numbers are, and it looks like they have died down. Uh, pretty much every state or city's numbers in North America, it looks like, have just been huge spike for April, and then it starts to die down towards May, and then for America, it was like the beginning of June, things started shooting back up again. But in Canada, it seems like there's been a pretty big, the numbers keep diving, so... Toronto's has been, it looked like a little bit steady, or at least Ontario's did for the last uh, couple of days. So it doesn't keep plummeting, which is a little worrisome. But all things considered, I think it's still a fine location if you're going to try and do this. And then Edmonton, I mean, they don't have, they didn't have a ton of cases at all. I'm chalking that up to Alberta, Alberta being, um, I believe, a little more, a little more farmland. Um, we talk about places like Calgary and Edmonton. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, those are going to be the hub cities. And I think part of the, now the league needs to vote on um, the return to play like agreement. And that would either be happening tonight or tomorrow, according to Bob McKenzie. And on top of that, they're also trying to extend the current CBA, uh, which if you, if you pay attention to the negotiating between the NHL and the NHLPA, it's always a huge deal when it comes to the league, mainly because it results in the league losing games due to disagreement, uh, labor disagreements. But it sounds like they could be coming down on an agreement that could extend the CBA through 2024 or 25. And it looks like they're going to try and combine it with the return to play part. So then you can kind of 
killed two birds with one stone. But this is from Mackenzie here. Uh, quote, long night of negotiation slash hard work between NHL and NHLPA appears to have resulted in agreement on most issues on phase three slash four RTP, return to play, CBA extension, uh, transition rules. Uh, still a couple of items to finalize today. Nothing, of course, is actually done until both sides ratify a tentative deal, barring any last minute complications. And we have seen some of those. He points out Vancouver, Vancouver and Las Vegas, like we were just talking about. Uh, Two NHL hub cities will be Edmonton, Toronto. Nothing carved out in stone yet, but there are no hiccups in finalizing the tentative agreement. Um, also added that since we are at early July, July since we've passed July 1st, uh, the apparently all the contracts that would have expired on July 1st get rolled back to October 31st, which would mean the league is aiming for November 1st to be the first day of uh, free agency. Um, and then also... To that note, uh, Saravali, uh, Frank Saravali of TSM pointed out that another thing added into this return to play CBA agreement is um, for people that are still on contracts that would expire at the end of the 2019 season, 2019 20 season. Apparently, they are adding in a clause that if you want to leave the return to play tournament at any time, you can. So, if players start the play and then they start to feel anxious or they think they're getting it over, you know. But teams are trying to hide stuff. They can just be like, all right, I'm going home. <laughs> Which I think is a huge thing because it sounds like it sounds like the league needs to start doing a couple of those things to the players because they're going to be sacrificing a lot. I know apparently I think they're going to try and boost up like the, the playoff bonus, playoff pay. But uh, option to get out of this uh, tournament. Uh, Freeman also says there's an agreement which will allow NHL players to compete in the 2022 Olympics and maybe even the 2026 Olympics, which again, Will be for the, I would argue for the players and fans, but mainly for the players since they, um, I mean, they they were pretty vocal about how they wanted to go last time. Uh, and then also Freeman pointed out that if they get to this agreement, the next two seasons, 2020, 21, and 21, 2021, 2022, uh, are both going to be at 81.5 uh, cap limit. So it's going to be the same salary cap as it was this year. But the upper limit is for the next two seasons. And then in 2020, to 2023, it's going to be 82.5 million. So that's, uh, I mean, the trying to combine the CBA with all this is insane. Like, just I can't, I can't imagine all the moving parts with the return to play, but then also trying to add in the, the CBA agreement. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people doing work in the NHL offices to get stuff done right now. Which uh, hopefully, if it all does work out, I, you know, that would be something I would I would take a chance on this. I'm for the tournament. Again, I'm for the tournament, but I guess I would be even more accepting of it if it results in the CBA getting pushed back a couple more years. Because that's always something that. Well, it's a sport that we've seen how many lockouts at this point. Exactly. Like that. I I feel like that was a guaranteed they're going to miss games down the line. So if you're missing games right now, as is, just get shit done. Just figure it out right now. And then don't have to worry about that down the line. Why don't we do this early every time? Yeah, why don't we, NHL? <laughs> well, this is the thing, too. I think it was supposed to be done uh, before September 15th, 2020, and then it got pushed back to your state. Uh, so, you know, it's... Uh, uh, but, okay, so that's what the league is trying to do to help the, um, the players kind of feel at ease about... Uh, you know, accepting the return to play agreement and also the extension of the, uh, the CBA. Uh, and then I saw this thread from Eric Angles. This got a lot of attention the other day. Eric Angles writes for Sportsman as well. 
I reached out to a bunch of players who want to be left anonymous when it came to talking about actually returning to play. Um, and he said, one player said a majority of the players do not want to return to play this summer. Estimated 75%. Though they're concerned with the financial pitfalls of that decision, they're more concerned about risking contracting the virus slash serious injury before cramming in the 2021 season. Another player said that calls with the NHLPA have been, quote, a joke, and they have only revolved around the financial situation. Another player shared the following opinion after acknowledging that players will likely vote yes to the eventual proposal that gets brought to them. And he showed a text message with just a player literally saying, the quiet part of everyone's going to play. No, no one is going to opt out. Playoff bonus will be higher than ever. That's free money. If we play hockey is a different culture than other sports. No one is opting out. Oh, there so it again, is. Hockey I'm culture. I'm going to, I'm going to take a drink. Hockey culture. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Finish all that fucking beer. So, all, cause you're going to be, it's going to be a little bit rough here with that. Yeah. All the players I spoke with are frustrated about being kept largely in the dark about how they'll safely be able to resume play. Uh, and then Angles also tweeted today. This was in a tweet for three days ago, but he also tweeted today that it's not official, but sounds like families want to be with the NHLs, NHLers in the hub cities, which again, I think that goes into the whole completely removing the coronavirus for the hub cities and waiting a couple of weeks and then going about it that way. Um, but yeah, I think that's the part. So 75% sounds high. I don't know if it's that high, but again, we'll never know. Because hockey players aren't allowed to be like, I don't want to do that. And I think that's illustrated right down here. So the league knows and the NHLPA knows that if they just keep kind of nudging this along and setting it up and telling fans, oh, we're about to have hockey in three weeks. If these players want to go out and rub up against each other in the coronavirus. So it's dependent on that. But we're doing our end. We got it all covered here. So unless the players decide to back out for some reason. So there, it's this is what the league really- usually does. You're really gonna have to stay on these players as far as like monitoring them for symptoms because uh, and, they're uh, never gonna say a word about feeling sick or something unless I, like and they're that's dying. Good. Yeah, like it's like they're gonna have to collapse on the ice before like because so but they're I, going to be check they're gonna be checking their temperatures every day. Mm, and yeah, like all that's good. But the thing is, like th- that's just hockey culture. Is you're going to have to stay on top of them and monitor them because they're never gonna say otherwise. They've, again, and I know we talked about a bunch since this the quarantine and the quarantining has started, but basically walked out there with a face full of mumps and said, "I don't have mumps." So yeah, you're like they have to stay on top of everybody with this because you're not. It's just still, it's part of hockey, which is, I mean, there we're seeing a lot of aspects of it aren't great with the Daniel Cartillo lawsuit and shit, but. Hockey like Crosby's basically got a softball growing out of his jaw and he's like, I feel fine. I've never felt better. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I got a, uh, this was a, I got a Skype update. So that's what that was. I don't know. That's uh but um, yeah, I, I, and I just wanted to clarify real quick about the, the Djokovic thing earlier with tennis and everything. Uh, Djokovic. So he had some private tournaments he was hosting in Europe and him and a bunch of guys did test positive and then he self-isolated for a couple of weeks and then he tested negative. Oh, okay. So he okay. did test positive and it was because he hosted a tournament and a bunch of guys went okay. out partying and yeah. There you go. This has been a, this has been a hashtag, a lot of tennis talk. We need to get uh remember Ben Rothenberg or Rothenberg from the, uh, the old BSH site. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back on. yeah. He was uh just tweeted at me today. So we'll, we'll see. We'll get him on the, we'll get him on the horn. See if we can get him in here. So. All right. Tennis purple. Great. <laughs> 
tennis ball purple. No, not tennis purple. It was yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. There's uh, not. There's not a good one. I'm gonna have to tinker <laughs> with it. Uh, but okay, we'll and get then back going to your fit the, heads. It's fine. <laughs> speaking of the uh, the positive numbers, here are some of the uh, what the percentages of positive testing looks like so far with the league uh, as of Monday, June 29th. Hold on, I just knocked down this. June 29th, the NHL has had in excess of 250 players report to club training slash practice facilities for optional participation in phase two activities. There have been excess of 1,450 COVID-19 tests administered to a group of players. Those tests have resulted in a total of 15 players returning uh, confirmed positive tests. So 15, I think the number they want you to look at is only 15 tests out of 1,450 have come back positive, but 250 players are being positive. So Again, if we're going by the bubble mentality, 15 out of 250 players in the bubble got would have, you know, they had coronavirus, 6%, which is, I believe, around the national rate. I think it's like 6% of people are getting it right now. So I don't, it's, it's on pace. It's not abnormally huge or large, but still not exactly great. Um, and also on top of those 15 players, 11 other players have tested uh, positive outside of the league. Induced testing. So, um, in addition, in addition, since June 8th, the opening of phase two, the league is aware of 11 additional players who have tested positive COVID 19 on phase two protocol. All players who have tested positive have been self isolated and are following CDC and Health Canada protocols. The NHL will continue to provide regular updates on the number of tests administered to players and results of those tests. So, again, I like the the testing. The number of tests is great and all, and I know it's only 100 or it's only 15 out of 1,450 tests. So it looks like it's one out of 100 tests is producing a positive result. But we're not. They didn't test 1,450 different people. It was the same 250 people that were getting tested, and six percent got it. So, so I think when they get like this testing, like they keep saying, will be done routinely, almost daily. I guess I think every other day, and. So once they get into the hub cities and they have the 6%, then I would imagine they would give a couple of weeks to let those guys go into self-isolation. And once they are negative, ideally everybody in the hub city would be uh, in the clear. So I, for the first time in a minute, I think I've seen a way this can actually go down. I just, I let's see the NHL finish the layout first. Or not Send the all the teams the up into... Duncan Send all the teams traffic. up into Canada, reclose the border, build a wall, barring the U.S. from getting in. <laughs> That's what's going to yeah. It's done. I build the wall to keep us from going there. That's, hey, I mean, it's what the, the wall got built, but it, it was built to keep America out of Canada. Who would have thought that would be that would be fucking hilarious if Trump went out having to pay the wall to keep. Americans out of Canada. If that's what the entire, like, just the 180 of that narrative would be. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Europe uh, doesn't want us over there. It's, it's, it, we, uh, so. we've handled the coronavirus great, the best, better than anybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Also, you know, if you, by the way, you know, uh, for all the Trump listeners out there, I don't fucking care anymore. Like, if you've still been <laughs> defending at this point, yeah. Like, I tried to not talk about, like, whatever. Uh, also, on top of all this, uh, Detroit and Vancouver has canceled their uh, their prospect tournaments, uh, which are usually held in early September. Not really related to the NHL at all, but just, uh, to, you know, let you know they're still canceling events uh, uh, ahead of time. So I know I had another blurb in here. 
I still yeah, wonder so. why why not Ottawa instead of Edmonton and Toronto. Why not Ottawa? They're not doing anything. Uh, I think so. My guess with that would be, I would have to say it's Melnick. I would have to say that's all based on that it's would be my guess. Because I I don't know. I, like, and what I don't a know. perfect like what a perfect place without any conflict to throw yeah. to throw teams for this. And Melnick's probably just being a piece of shit like he usually yeah. is. That's again. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm jumping to a conclusion here, but that's usually when you're talking. I'm also about assuming it, Toronto got it because. The, the, you know, Leafs gonna Leafs. <laughs> I don't know how much that played into it. I, def, I, I think, if, I, I think the primary factor was the U.S. just laying a big old turd on their COVID, uh, you know, handling. Yeah, and that's part one. But then part two was Toronto going, "Come on, it's the Leafs. Give it to us. Well, Give it to us. Yeah, do it." You know, you know, what I'm thinking about right now too is I know the. Uh, the EPL, the, the soccer league started back up. I don't know if they already shut back down again. Uh, I don't know. Now they got they have scores today. So yeah, I mean, talking about Europe though, they got out in front of it. And they're watching families games, so that could uh, that could have been us, and maybe it will be because uh, again, sounds like things are a little bit better right now in terms of handling uh, the COVID numbers uh, than than we are down here. Um, I mean, Which, uh, by the way, have... wait, wait. Oh, yeah, I was going to say we need to. Uh, this is a rare opportunity, and I realize this too. Usually, we dunk on Canadians, so this would be a good time to give them a shout out for apparently, you know, uh, being okay with the coronavirus. Well, you know, the land of bagged milk, and and <laughs> that's the main thing I wanted to make fun of. But they, you know, what they are—they're doing much better than America. It sounds like America is not again. having a very good, you know three and a half years but that's that's my two cents on the well, water i my thing is uh again i assume canada's numbers are a lot better i feel like it, it sounds like everywhere else except for here has been decent uh, in terms of kind of bucking the trend and not you know getting through at least the first wave and maybe not even needing a second wave rather than kind of just you know playing the victory well the there's day. there have been some places where it's you know it, it surged back and it's oh, a lot yeah, of yeah. trial and error. And the thing that drives me nuts, though, is America could have just like learned a lesson from all the nations that were getting in advance. We just denied it until it was here. But yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, yeah. that's the thing that I think. Yeah, you let a hundred thousand uh, people die and then you address it. But that's that's just yeah. again, just my opinion oh, on the matter. <laughs> uh, what you can't deny, though, Steve, is oh, this is a terrible segue. But anyway, wow, that is a Chris terrible Johnson. segue. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Chris Johnson apparently. Uh, like they, uh, the first original target date for phase three was July 10th, uh, according to Chris Johnson. Uh, I think yesterday it's been uh, could happen now as soon as July 13th, uh, and then the teams could be traveling to the hub cities as early as July 25th. And then, of course, in his next tweet, he followed it up by saying, uh, "Still some obstacles between uh, here and getting to that point." Uh, Johnston also added. The cup is still expected to be handed out in October, and that fifty person and that the fifty personnel per club rule, um, you know, only each team is only allowed to bring fifty personnel, players, coaches, everything else, um, into into hashtag the bubble. Uh, still applies to the teams, and they'll be able to bring twenty eight skaters and as many goalies as you want. So, man, if you want to talk gritty? about just what about missing, gritty? Where's gritty? I, well, I was going to say, bring as many goalies as you want, and we're doing this tournament now and not 
with the 2018-19 Flyers. Oh my god, they would have had a fucking field day. Evan That's like the, they could have just played all of them in the tournament. It would have been a joke. They could have set the record for like most goalies used in the game, most goalies to give up a goal in the game, most goalies to try and score a goal in the game. It would have been fucking great. Just let them all out there. Put a line of goalies out there. And then the Flyers would have had the chance yeah. at the, the first overall pick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, We're going to get to that. that. That's, uh, look at that side of it. He's back. Talk about some fucking I, I, I right there. My God. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't segue block you out of that one. So you got in there. <laughs> The uh, draft water, yeah. What the fuck? I think it's my first uh, and, and foremost like, thing on that. It's just, what are we we like, have talked what? time and time again about just how ridiculous it is that the NHL is like, we got to get the draft up. We got to get the draft up. Nobody cares. So why did the lottery have to happen before your playoffs even happen? Why? Why? Yeah. Now, okay, so for those that didn't say the big thing was the draft – the, the first impossible and now uh, evidently necessary phase one part of the 2020 NHL draft lottery, because you need two phases to the fucking draft lottery, uh, happened on Friday night. And phase one was they were going to select uh, the seventh. They were going to slot the 17th that did not make the postseason with the first seven overall picks. And it was going to be used uh, in a similar fashion that they've been doing for the last couple of years, where the top three picks are all weighted percentages each team has a, move, a chance to move up to either the first second or third overall pick what happened this year was uh the option of one of the eight qualifying teams could have jumped up in front of or gotten into the top three uh and stolen a pick from one of the seven teams that didn't make it which resulted in a phase two where there's just a drawing where all the eight teams that lost in the first round the, the qualifying round have a chance to get the first overall pick. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Every team that missed the, the 2014 playoff got pushed back a spot. And now a team that we aren't sure of yet that will lose in the first round of this tournament are going to have a chance to win the first overall pick. Which hey, makes you go, enough why? To yeah. barely make the, the quote-unquote playoffs, <laughs> like, could win the first like, <laughs> it just why even include them why even give no, them a chance I, it's just dumb yeah i get like on on the very like to a level i get the idea of trying to include all 15 teams but this right here is the reason why I don't do it because i i like i don't know if they're thinking like oh wow this makes us look great because now people are going to want to tune in for the second phase but everybody's just laughing at because it it's fucking asinine every headline on friday night every headline on friday night was uh well Oh, with the first overall pick in 2020 is, uh, we don't know yet. And like the NHL had an event to let us know they don't know who the first overall pick is in 2020. Isn't that a little like, I, you know, optics, you know, do you guys ever think about them? Because it doesn't look right for the week. But optics, ever I, heard of them? <laughs> ever heard of them? Uh, others, so let's look at the other picks. This is how the rest of the draft board goes out. Eighth overall is the Sabres, seventh overall is the, the offseason champs in the New Jersey Devils. Hell of a season. Hell of a 2019-20 for the Devils there. Uh, cup contender to missing the playoffs to picking seventh. So have fun out there, Devils. Way to pull a flyers. Uh, Ducks picking sixth. Senators are picking fifth with their own selection. The Detroit Red Wings. Uh, again, if they weren't the Red Wings, I think I'd feel more sorry for them. But uh, after watching whatever 2019-20 season was for them, they end up picking fourth now. 
centers are picking third with the Sharks pick. We got the Carlson deal and then the Kings picking second with one of the eight teams that could lose in the qualifying round, possibly getting the first overall pick. And I forgot to put the qualifying teams down here, but uh, some of those teams include the uh, Blackhawks, uh, the Penguins, Rangers, Islanders, uh, any team you don't want to possibly get the first overall pick and get Lafreniere, that is who is in the qualifying round. So uh, it's nice the Devils aren't up there. And unfortunately, the Flyers aren't going to be involved with, uh, don't have even, even have a chance to get it. But I don't know. Just this amount of stupidity feels like it could lead to the Penguins getting it or like the Hawks or like the Oilers. I'm pulling for the Oilers, honestly. That's what I want. Oh, yeah. Because, because, the, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And like the, that or the Coyotes get it. So they keep, as Steph pointed out, they keep the Taylor Hall trend going of him just being on the team to get the first overall pick. And this year, would be, I think he'd have to retire just based off that. The Coyotes somehow got the first overall pick this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to look at. Uh, so each of the teams got eliminated, or each of the teams will get eliminated in the um, qualifying round. They all have the equal chance at 12, 12.5%, apparently. Um, picks four through eight were determined based on inverse order of regular season points percentage, picks nine through 15. Will be assigned to the teams, yeah, that boss, and then uh, sixteen thirty won't be termed by the results of the playoffs. Uh, so, I mean, before we get into, uh, Brian Burke had some comments on all this, and see if we can start looking through this. Uh, uh, man, thank really God. Thank yeah. God. So, I'm and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna. Um, but my thing too, and again, because I was saying it before when it came down to um, when they were trying to move the draft up to early June, and we weren't even sure. Like again, we're not playing yet. So there's no, there should be no assumption that the season is 100% going to be done. So we're going through all this, and all the the entire draft order is now reassembled based on this draft lottery and points percentage. And I don't feel like some team, if they cancel the rest of the season and they have those eight teams possibly winning the first overall pick, what is the justification for those eight teams having? those equal odds like why those eight teams when they were borderline playoff teams like you said and like why after all this like if we don't end up playing this could i feel like this should all be redone they should just all go back and walk through it and be embarrassed because the, then the draft war is just going to be all jacked up for no reason yeah, <laughs> yeah like it it's absurd make, if like the penguins like, get the first overall pick they're for, the penguins they were going to make the like, playoffs yeah, and like, and the reason will be global pandemic. Like, that's the reason we stop the season, rearrange the standings because of that. And I mean, then... we've already rearranged the standings for the Penguins' benefit in the first place, anyway. You know, that's how we yeah. get Crosby, Malkin, yeah, uh, uh-huh. Flower, oh yeah, you know, all those guys. Yeah. Although, again, you know, unfortunately for them, if they were to play, if this tournament does go down, they are going to get a well. Rest to carry price. And I mean, I think he's had another hour or another month of naps to get in there since uh, that article was written by Carol. No, there's so there's pretty... nothing men fear more than a well rested <laughs> carry price. I'm excited for just he's going to show up to the Hub City with like just a gigantic beard, just hair all over the place, going to look just completely lost. And he's like, huh, still 2020. All right. I, sorry, I've been sleeping. I've been in hibernation for the last four months. I'm ready to goaltend. I think it lets him three goals all tournament. So. Good luck, Penguins. Yeah, so in a way, we have to root for the Penguins to win? No. To not get Lafreniere. I, I'm again, still rooting I don't, against them. 
I I think the odds of this actually happening, like the see the tournament actually happening and it results in the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup, isn't that is less likely than they do this jacked up version of a draft uh, order and the Penguins end up winning first overall and they don't play again. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather give them, I'd rather make sure there's no chance to get the first overall pick and give them a chance to try to finish out this tournament in coronavirus uh, times rather than giving them the chance to get the first. You know, they're going to get the first overall if they get a chance to do it. I don't think so, it's negatively issue, Craig. You don't think what? Uh, well, I don't think it's negatively issue, do you? I think you're people a... are learning that. Yeah, they're learning that with the uh, opinions sur- on the... Uh... <laughs> you're a surly Sally. <laughs> Look, man, I'm just, you know, it's hot. I haven't watched live hockey in three months. That's a big deal for me. Oh, like, I'm thirsty most of the time. Yeah, and like, I can't, and I don't, when I'm doing the podcast, I don't have time to cry during those hours of the day. Like, I'm well, supposed to be to be 24-7 now. I, I got no well, you have to be man. Can I can I read Mechanics. these Brian Burke comments? Yeah, I, you know the real. What I, voice would you like me to read these Burke comments in? Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to say regular voice. I don't know. That's a lot for a doc. That's a lot of all that's right, a lot of text right. there for doc uh, comment commentary. Right, I'll, I'll just I'll do it. You know, good old. If you want to do style. doc, no, no, no. I'm, I can't do doc. I'd lose my voice. Yeah, yeah. This result is nothing short of a disgrace. No, I, it, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Maybe even Merrill Reese would be too much. I'm just going to, yeah. I, I might do a little bit Don Cherry-esque. It might have a bit of a Don Cherry inspiration. Uh, Brian, yeah, full that, Don Cherry. I feel like that's applicable for Brian Burke, though. Uh, by the way, I got this from, found this in uh, a Mark Faulkner article of the, uh, the Detroit News. This is where I got these quotes. Well, as we all know, Craig gets the Detroit News delivered to his doorstep every day. And I have been, even the last couple of months. So a uh, shout out to whoever's driving it down from Michigan. You gotta get yourself to Detroit, Rock City. <laughs> Don't kiss me right now. The new the band. Uh, yes. Okay, getting weird. Getting weird. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> this result is nothing short of a disgrace. This makes no sense. Should have just been the seven teams that weren't in the play-in round in the lottery. Give the teams who need the most help the best players. When we started doing drafts in pro sports, it was always an inverse order of finish. So the worst team got the best player. Then went to a lottery because teams tanked. I support the lottery, but to me, if you have a problem, you gotta fix. You pick the smallest band-aid you can use to fix the problem. There should only be five teams in the draft lottery. The notion that a team that just misses the playoffs and picks as high as two or three or one is just crazy to me. It makes our league look really bad. It makes us look Mickey Mouse and we're not Mickey Mouse. Detroit had 39 points at the pause. You could have a team with 35 more points pick ahead of them. Detroit and Ottawa are both big losers. It's a deep deep draft, and they're going to get a good player with their picks. But if Lafreniere is the kind of player we all think he's going to be, he should be on one of those two teams. I know for a fact there's a number of GMs who agree with me. My phone is blowing up tonight. I don't get it. The league gets so much right, and they can't get this right. I'm guessing it's Gary... NHL Commissioner Bettman and Bill fly back or drive to back into New York City from the NHL studios. They must be wondering, is there a better way to do this? Because this is a real sore spot for the league. That was, you ended up picking out the ideal. That was the best voice I think you could have done in it. That sounded like a disgruntled. I pictured the uh, the jacket all over the place, the tie not done. I just pictured, I I, I, I saw a frustrated Burke in the press, con- uh, press box. So that was just a good uh, Sweat good dripping down. <laughs> 
hair matted I mean, down. It's a it's bad when Burke uh, Brian he kind of points out uh, like the flaws <laughs> in just everything. Like you kind of agree with it. It's not too often he makes a point that you're kind of, uh, you know, kind of. The only thing with. he was wrong oh, about was that the league isn't Mickey Mouse. The league is definitely Mickey Mouse. Yeah, oh, yeah, the league is big time. Yeah, and uh, just a reminder, uh, Lafreniere, 112 points in 52 games. Uh, QMJHL this game uh, games this year as captain of Vermuski Oceanic, uh, 35 goals in those 52 games. Uh, the only other player to second time he won the CHL Player of the Year award. Only other player to win it twice was Sidney Crosby um, back in the day. So uh, yeah, he's going to be decent. I don't know. If, I don't know how. I guess uh, dramatically awesome it's going to be, but he's going to be pretty damn good. He's not going to be. He's not like the next McDavid or Crosby or anything. But I, I'd say, yeah, I think the Red Wings and Senators should be a little upset about not getting, not getting them or having a chance to get them. Uh, but yeah, just kind of dumb. I just don't. It's gonna. I, I really think if they end up not playing any more games, they need to readjust everything. But hopefully, hey, I don't know. Like, like it's I've been a total saying, joke I, if if the Rangers end up getting Capocaco and Lafreniere in back to back years for being both not, by moving up. not the worst. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they're gonna be moving up as like teams that really weren't at the bottom of the bottom. Like yeah, like this year was they were. I actually agree with. Everything Burke said as far as, like, it should be, like, the worst five teams and really not anything more. Like, it was a joke yeah, that the Flyers like used had the first be. pick a couple – or the second pick a couple of years back. That was a complete joke. Yeah. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, they should do it. Like, it used to be back when uh, the Flyers – well, unfortunately, lost to the game, but it wasn't as – it was the top five picks had a chance to move up to one. I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good way to kind of – I don't know. Like, I, I, a lot – a lot of this has been based on tanking, and I think that was just a couple of years ago. With uh, who cares? Pretty, pretty Let them tank. Yeah, no, I. That's how I've kind of always been. If you're willing to make the commitment to tank, and I, I think you should. Like I think I think it applies to all sports. So like when the Sixers had to have uh, Sam Hinkie kicked out by the league, I thought that was BS because I thought if they want to lose, get hot top end talent, and then put it on the roster immediately, and there's no other way to get your team better in a shorter order than that, why Why not tank? If it makes sense to tank, there are times to tank. I mean, again... They're going to suffer with attendance, you know? They might be a yeah. laughing stock for a couple of years, but then they'll rebound and look better in a couple of... Like, you've always got shitty teams, so why not just let them be shitty? Like, somebody's going to yeah, exactly. finish last. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes, like, it lines up. I guess, like, yeah, and I guess, I guess the league doesn't want to do that, but, yeah, I kind of... Yeah, until they get new management and then they start becoming better or kind of get out of. Uh, like the Senators you know, aren't tanking, they're just cheap. Yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. So, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the three to five pick, but they, I just feel bad for Senators fans in general just because they, it's just a shitty situation. Just knowing that Melnick is a pretty big cause of uh, everything that's going on up there. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, Steve. I, I just, I don't want to, got a bad feeling it's going to be someone we don't want. I'm pulling for Edmonton because I think it would be hilarious if they somehow got it. And then you put, and then a, a harmless McDavid dry side of Lafreniere line is something we get to watch as Flyers fans. The Oilers wouldn't affect us at all unless they somehow met the Flyers on the cup. So 
let that line get together on the Western in the Western Conference. I don't care at all, as long as it's not coming to the Eastern Conference. But uh, speaking of going places, uh, Stephen, uh, one of your favorite flyers in recent history, Mikhail Robiev, is heading to the KHL next season. Uh, he has signed with Salavat Yuliev Yufa uh, in the KHL for the 2020-21 season. Uh, Again, when he was with the Flyers, maybe not the uh, biggest impact, but uh, 104th overall pick in the fourth round of the 2015 draft, had three points this season in 20 games, one of which was a goal and had to assist. Lehigh Valley had 28 points, 12 of which were goals in 45 games over his entire career, er, time with Philly. He had 35 games in the NHL, accruing five points, two of which were goals, and he had um, – oh, shit. Uh, had 83 points in 145 games in the AHL uh, with the Flyers. I I am okay uh, with this. I mean, I don't really – I'm not going to miss Verbiev too much. I don't know if that's a slam or not, but he was uh, – yeah. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. – I mean, he got a couple shots with the Flyers. And it just never – it never stuck. It, it never – he never really did anything – to really establish himself as a, a must stay in the lineup kind of player. He never came close to that. So yeah. And it, it just doesn't seem like he was going to reach that point. No, no. And he, uh, like he did get, you know, it was a fourth round pick. And I remember him getting a little bit of love before I think it was the 18, 19 season. Like he made, I, I think Maddie was saying he made big strides in camp. Uh, and I, I, he was, about to make the team and didn't make the team to start 2018-19. And then just, it was clear he was just an in-betweener. Like he was somebody, or I shouldn't even say that. The AHL, I thought, I mean, there was stuff with him last year and Gordon saying it looked like he was, I don't want to say he said he was taking chips off, but it, it kind of sounded like the coaches wanted more out of him in terms of like the effort department. And then I remember, you know, not that it happened all the time, but there was a goal against the Penguins this year in Pittsburgh where I – I just remember watching Robiev in real time being like, buddy, what are you doing? And he was just like casually striding back to like break up a back check in the zone, or like break up a play in the zone. And I was just like, AV is going to rip his head off at the bench. He just, uh, and his goals were bullshit too. Like he was, he wasn't driving play. He wasn't doing a lot of the nice little things that like we see with some of the bottom six guys that we always talk about now, like Pitlick or Grant or somebody like that. He just, it just felt like he wasn't bringing any tangible assets, uh, to the to the table i'll say i'll say the joke i told you steve or the joke uh that it reminded me of when i heard it today uh i've been i was watching billy on the street i had that on as my background show today on netflix and billy it was a thanksgiving street. episode <laughs> billy on the street and i forget who the actress was he was talking about but it was a thanksgiving episode and as like a gag they set up a uh thanksgiving uh like table and the thanksgiving meal on the other table and they had this person with the mask on carry the food from the one table to the thanksgiving dinner table and he was like oh look she's finally bringing something to the table and i was like oh that's pretty good and i was like oh yeah that's kind of fitting of verovia that's what it kind of felt like whenever he was in the lineup it's like well <laughs> is he is he there tonight like is he actually in the game i was doing line by lines some in like some games i was like oh yeah he did play so but uh, I don't know. He'll probably hit his stride somewhere in the KHL. I feel like that happens sometimes with uh, players like this where they can't really find their spot in North America. They rebound a little bit over in the KHL, get their point, uh, their numbers up, everything. So Some guys are just two goals to play out. over there, and they're just not NHL caliber guys. It's just how it is at the end of yeah. the day for some guys. 
Yeah. And that's not, you know, there's no no coded language in that. It's just the way some players are built to play. Like Gustafson. I think Eric Gustafson, I feel like he's probably more equipped to play in the KHL than uh, the NHL. So, um, what else was it? Do you remember his two goals, though? Because I, I knew they were both bullshit, but I went back and watched them. Do you remember uh, Do you remember either of them? The first one was insanely lucky. But the was second the first one, one against exactly... Colorado? The first one, yeah. It was the, I believe it was the second game of 2018-19. And it was uh, Flyer shot the puck down the ice from their own end. Puck bounced off the end boards and came out next to Varlamov. And he went to go out and play it. And Barbario, Mark Barbario, was going back. Uh, to get the puck, and while he was going back to get it, I think he turned to look over his shoulder while Barlamov was there to pick up the puck, and then when he turned around, just collided with Barlamov, and then they both went behind the goal line out of the play, and Barobiev just picked up the puck and scored, and that was one of his two goals in the NHL over these two seasons. That yeah, one. that's the one. That's the one. I, yeah, that I one. was. I actually remember where I was when I saw that one. I was. At, it was uh, fucking hilarious. I was at this bar in South Philly, Fountain, Fountain Porter, great burger there, and. Uh, I just remember like going out and I, I guess I just remember eating the burger and that being such a fucking funny goal. <laughs> it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty memorable. I mean, it was, uh, I, I don't think I've seen a goal like that in a minute. Uh, and then, uh, by the way, we should see if we get that restaurant and on here as a sponsor. And if you're going to give them shout outs, got to make that, uh, got to make a little bit more money, you know, and eight figures is good, but if we can get eight figures plus tips, that would be, uh, I'll tell you, Damian Burger is like wimpy from Popeye. I'm in. You know what? Actually, well, yeah, that restaurant paid me burgers. I like cash. I like getting paid in cash, but, uh, you know, burgers, yeah, that's a good, that's a good trade off. Um, his second goal, though, was fucking bullshit, too. Uh, he, it was a, it was a big win against the Sabres this year, uh, in Philly. And while he was leaving the zone, he turned around and put a wrist shot on net from the point that hit Connor Sheary's Connor Sheary's stick in front and then went in. So again, he had two goals in the league and neither of them were really his fault. And that didn't, you know, you know, he didn't really do much else to kind of build his stock in the, in the pipeline or to kind of make his case for the team. And he got walked, he got walked by uh, NAK. NAK blew past him pretty quickly. And then they brought in additional depth players. So I think he, uh, I guess he, Saw the writing on the wall and knew he wasn't going to be uh, making an impact in the franchise in the near future. And again, you know, it was it was a fourth round pick in 2015, but it did look like there was uh, there was a, a window there where it looked like he was going to have be a, a tangible player for the Flyers. Like maybe you know not middle six, but he could have been on the roster for a little bit of time and kind of helped the squad a little bit. But good day. It sir. is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, good fucking day. I said good oh, day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then on top of losing Barovia, Steve, uh, the Flyers have looks like they're on the path of losing uh, Wyatt Kalyanuk, who we've uh, talked about a couple times during this quarantine. And uh, according to uh, Charlie O'Connor, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, uh, from the Athletic, uh, according to his agent, the Flyers have lost Kalyanuk's exclusive negotiation rates, meaning that 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 month where he had where he told the University of Wisconsin he was going pro to actually being eligible to sign with any NHL team has now passed, and he is now a free agent, which means he can still sign with the Flyers, but now he's able to talk to other teams and possibly sign an ELC elsewhere. And the way I'm looking at it, 
I think he has to. I don't know why he would go through all this and be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's stick with the flyer. Like it seems it seems like a lot of things to do to just be like, oh, you know that contract I could have signed next year if I did nothing. All right, yeah, I guess I'll do that now. Right, because we're talking about ELC. We're not talking about like we're not talking about a free agent who's got to test the waters and drive up his price. Exactly. Yeah. So there must be. There's, uh, there must have been some kind of, or maybe there's not, but my guess is would be there's some kind of disconnect of like uh, either he values his skill greater than the Flyers did, or he thinks the prospects in front of him are gonna. He may not feel like there's any spots available for him on the Flyers blue line for a minute. Which, as I was, as we pointed out last week, uh, it's really if you wanted to get down to it, it's really Provorov and Sanheim who could be here locked up for a while. Everybody else, I mean, Niskanen's got another year, but he's older. Braun, we don't even know if he's going to come back. I like Phil Myers, but this was a very up and down year for him, and you know, that could be a guy like if this is his peak, that could be what he is. I don't think it is. I think he's going to, I think he's going to improve his uh, you know, hockey IQ around the ice and kind of make smart decisions as he uh, gets more experience. And then, you know, Shane Gossespierre, who I don't want to say with certainty he's going to be locked up with this franchise for the next couple of years. So there are a lot of moving elements. And then you have Cam York and Igor Zamula and Wyatt Wiley and Friedman and even uh, Linus Hoberg, like possibly they're going to be with the Phantoms next year and they could be taking up future slots with the Flyers. But there's no, it's not like the Flyers have their top four locked up for like the next five or six years. And he is, Kalinuk's a guy that it wasn't a guarantee to be in the top four, but if you told me he was the team's four in two seasons and he was playing softer minutes, like he was being carried by Sandheim or somebody on the second pair, okay. Like that doesn't that doesn't sound nuts to me. Like if he's already been he's improved the stock uh, in the NCAA and now he's going to play in the AHL somewhere, and if he does fine there, the next step is just steady minutes in the NHL. So, um. I guess he just didn't see any way he was going to get that amount of least time he wanted with the Flyers um, compared to other teams. So we'll see where he ends up signing. Uh, 28 points this year, seven of which were goals in 36 games as captain at the University of Wisconsin. Um, and, I mean, I guess good luck to him. I mean, I, I still hope the Flyers sign him. It does suck losing any kind of pro- – I mean, even though we just dumped on Verovia. But Kalyanuk, who we – have not seen what his impact is in the NHL or how well his game adapts to be the NHL, but we're talking about a, a blue liner with size and speed to him, which uh, is feels like the way to go with the NHL today. Uh, mobility, some size, not gigantic, unless you're Chara, but you know, size, mobility, and you can combine defense, offense, and physicality. So, Kalinuk uh, um, seems to have all those things. Maybe not the physicality, physicality part, but everything else seems to be there, and uh, he'll probably be in the NHL sometime soon. Soon being a couple of years. He's dead to me. Okay, he's dead. All right, so there you go. Uh, Kalinuk and uh, Barovia. <laughs> dead to I, me. And, I, and again, I think that's one of those where uh, it was a pretty good pick by Ryan Hexel. Doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but seventh-round pick, you know, looks like you the guy that's going to get NHL games. It's not not the worst selection. Kind of seemed like the draft uh, was going on. All right there. Okay, Steve. Uh, last serious thing is I uh, want to give a shout out to JVR. He uh, took part in the You Can Play's uh, You Can Play Project's virtual day 
on Saturday. You can play as a project about improving the treatment and inclusion of LGBTQ plus athletes and fans in large sports or sports leagues in general. Um, and uh, great project. Go check them out. And they've been doing a lot with the NHL for years now. And uh, JVR personally has been uh, actually speaking of Burks, um, Brennan Burke, uh, Brian's son, uh, I believe. And I don't want to, I'm pretty sure he started the You Can Play project and yeah. talked to, okay, yeah, talked to JVR and Hartnell back when JVR was here the first time in Philly, so years ago. And then JVR became the Maple Leafs uh, You Can Play ambassador back in 2017. And now he's involved with this on Saturday. So I wanted to give him props for that. And then, uh, you know, Ian hasn't been giving us batch updates. He's kind of busy. I don't know, dealing with the pandemic or whatever. But he did look at JVR, JVR's Twitter, and he saw JVR quote tweet a GQ article about how people like to sleep underneath the top sheet on the bed, and they're wrong. And then JVR quote tweeted it and said facts, which I want to – we need to talk about this. We need to talk about – The conditions is, in the bedroom with the temperature. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm going by season here. So to do a general sweep and just be like, no sheets ever, to me, is the thought process of a wild man. I mean, in the winter, I'm not going no sheets and being like, you fucking weirdos in your blankets and top sheet. No, thank you. I'm I'm layering up as much as possible. However, though, I mean, we're in the summer uh, and I am the sweat king. So I'm not like I'm not doing top sheet at all. It's all it's all fans. And, and it's just all hoping for cool air. And hoping the air conditioning pays off. But I, to me, I agree. I think this is a seasonal thing. Yeah. I or mean, I think so it depends on the temperature. Sometimes you just need that top sheet. Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't, I mean, it kind of feels, ins- I mean. If it's hot, so I just talking, use the top sheet. That's, that's where I'm at. But in the winter, I don't think I'm ever like, you know what? I just need pillows on this bed. I, I always feel like, I, I don't know. Not, I don't need a ton of blankets. It's a weird opinion. Say, like, it's, it's like a weird thing to have like a strong opinion on. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, uh, maybe that's maybe that's the point of quarantine he's at. And he's like, you know what? I'm tired of these fucking people, like, talking out loud about how to make a bet. This is this is what you need to fall asleep. And he was just like, I can't take it anymore. Gang, if you're not falling asleep to the... I have seen more more strong takes since the quarantine started because people, people need their arguments. They need something to keep them uh, mentally active. I think part of it, too, is people... Some people just haven't seen... A lot of other people, so they're just like they're just having conversations with themselves and be like, "Yeah, this is a good that would make sense." And then they share it with the world, and they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, that's my that would be my guess. But uh, I don't know, Steve. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I know this matters. Do you want to talk about the legend of the hidden temple? I would love to talk about legends of the hidden temple. <laughs> So we've joked about it last week, uh, but we're going to get into it and we're going to rank the different logos and team names of the six teams from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Now, I'll say this. I didn't know they came out with a movie for it or I don't remember that at all. Do you remember that? I've, I've never like heard in 2010? of it. Okay. So it, that was a bust probably. So I went with the six teams that were routinely used on the show. Um and I'm again. These are the ones I remember. I don't remember if they're. And we cannot assume that everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah. So here. we'll talk. Oh, we're going to explain about. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we need to provide an explanation to the people. So it was on 
So for our younger listeners, yeah, it was a a 90s uh, game show for kids, mid-90s, and it it was on Nickelodeon, and essentially you had, what was it, like four or five teams of kids that would have to answer questions and do physical challenges, Mm -hmm. as was the style at the time. That Um, was the the fucking formula. Order to win (laughs) some sort of wonderful prize for you and the family. <laughs> and yeah, Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, and then they only show those stupid shots of the uh, front of like the globe, and they pan back and show the Nickelodeon Studios. Yeah, every game show. According and to it, was always what what Craig found here was Nickopedia, which is a Nickelodeon oh, Nickopedia. Uh, Legends was produced by Stone Stanley Productions in association with Nickelodeon, and. You had to answer questions based on history, mythology, and geography. After three eliminations, only one team remains who then earns the right to go through the temple to retrieve the artifact within three minutes and win a grand prize. And as you went throughout, you got pieces of this like amulet that you got that. <laughs> so they have this final <laughs> obstacle course that you would go through. And so it was six teams, two children, one boy, one girl, because, you know, gotta you gotta have both sides yeah i have to actually give some credit to legends of the hidden temple for being inclusive not everybody was inclusive this time and Uh, yeah yeah but like you would get these uh, it was a pendant right like a an amulet something like that i i think so yeah and you yeah they had these temple guards that would come out and grab you and it was terrifying oh they would just pop out of the shadows no like you, way! I think they could do that now. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, it temp- was a... you couldn't do anything on the show now. <laughs> but like, kids would be running through this, and like they'd be trying to figure out this three-part like silver monkey puzzle or something, how to put it together and open up the next door because every room had a puzzle you had to figure out. I, this was an impossible show, absolutely impossible. And these yeah. guys would just come out and like grab you, and if you handed them the pendant, they disappear <laughs> back into the shadows. But they. Oh, oh my god. god but like if if you didn't have one up the next person up had to go and sometimes you'd have like half a pendant and just want to do shit yeah what i was i was show. doing a little bit of research uh kirk fogg i mean i remember that guy i i don't didn't remember his name but his That's face like yeah it's ever it's just stuck in my mind forever uh only one working credit since 2006 and it was for the legend of the hidden temple of uh, movie so well, Kirk, if you're listening out there, or if we got friends, friends and family of the show listening, uh, and they are acquainted with Kirk Falk, first of all, let's get him on the show. Secondly, uh, get the guy some work. A lot of people writing shitty movies out in LA. Give him one. He could be like a waiter in some movie. And gang, that's how Kirk Fogg became the third <laughs> member of the Flyperbole team. Why doesn't he just? Why doesn't he like stand in for Jeff Probst when he's sick for Survivor or something? It's perfect. I I'll is that say the guy who hosts Survivor? Probably, I, I I just pulled that one right out of my you, ass. Who are you? Who are you asking right now? Do you think I know who? The, I don't. I think it's Jeff you. Probst. Are a Survivor maniac? You're a Survivor fanatic. I, but my Survivor is for the TLC one. I'm not for the the game show. So that's what the disconnect is. I don't even. Know. Uh, but <laughs> isn't that a? Isn't that Destiny's uh, Child? Destiny's Child. Yeah. Come TLC. On. TLC. Come on, man. Way too good. Yeah. Come on. TLC man. was like. Mid nineties, yes. Don't go chasing waterfalls, Craig. Sure, waterfalls. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of the other guys when he said that's uh, TLC. Survivor. No, no, no. I'm explaining what happened. There you go. 
so there there were six teams involved in Legends of the Temple, and if you listened to Fuck earlier this week, uh, we did mention this. So we're going to quickly rank these six teams and then call it a night. So your teams here are the Red Jaguars, the Blue Barracudas, the Green Monkeys, the Orange Iguanas, the Purple Parrots, and the Silver Snakes. So can now, we immediately rank the orange iguanas at the bottom for forgoing oh, yeah. alliteration and just kind of being awkward and weird? Yeah. Oh, because they're orange? Is that why, Steve? They're, okay. I generally yeah, so we'll like put... orange as a, a fan of the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Hockey Flyers. Yeah, and a co-host with red hair. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll put the orange, we'll put the subject of the color orange last on these rankings. And uh, then we'll move up to, uh, I was going to go the other way. I feel like, well, I feel like after that one, Silver Snakes would probably be the worst. Hmm. Yeah, or what I'll are you thinking? I don't. I like the alliteration on it, but it's yeah. It's again. It's the silver seems kind of half-assed there. Yeah, I, I just don't think it goes that well with the uh, yeah. The, although the alliteration is pretty good, maybe it actually is. The, the, it's the biggest uh, or the strongest alliteration here, next to uh. I no, think the actually, purple parrots is the best. They're first. Yeah, that's the yeah. first one. Yeah, I'm looking through on there. And blue barracudas is good. I like my personal favorite was blue barracudas. Blue Barracuda is a good one. I, I I put them in the purple parrots. I think those are the tough. Two. I, those are the one too. Yes. Okay. So we got silver snakes. Get the fuck out of here. Or, or orange iguanas. Get out of here. And then you get have purple and blue at the top. Barracudas and parrots at the top. So it comes down Wouldn't to the green that... monkeys and the red jaguars. The jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know I don't know. They're I both... think I like the green monkeys better. I do. I think I'm leaning green monkey too. Yeah, it's a little bit of that, but I I think they were close three and fourth. Uh, So again, orange iguana should never happen. Um, Silver snakes. uh, I'm putting the silver snakes. Well, actually, do the silver snakes be third or fifth? Hmm. Because they're not above blue barracuda and purple parrots, right? I have I have a soft spot for the green monkeys. I'm not sure what it is. No. Okay. So okay. So you're thinking. All right. And then, um, but not above red jaguars. Red jaguars. Jaguars. Jaguar. Red jaguar. So it's uh, let's orange iguanas, silver snakes, red jaguars, uh, green monkeys, blue barracudas. I mean, I'll go purple parrots too. Purple parrots is a pretty good. I had nothing against purple parrots. One gang, the purple parrots is a great name. <laughs> purple parrots. The blue barracudas. I felt like blue barracudas won a decent amount. And Although I am, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I might be pulling that on my ass now. I'm sure somebody's I, gone. I'm sure somebody's got full statistics lined up on this somewhere. And if they don't by now, again, to reiterate, we are three months into a pandemic. What are you even doing? Like, there's got to be, you know, if you, I mean, if guys, there we're going to be talking about guts next week at this rate. <laughs> guts. Guts. Oh my God. Mike what O'Malley. Was name? Mike O'Malley, who went on and then. He's been, when, he's been a my, big player in a bunch of stuff. He showed up on The Good Place recently. He was on uh, Bit Piece in a, a park, Parks and Rec. Had a big yep. role as the. Uh, I think he's yeah. buddies with Mike Schur or something. Oh, okay. Who makes I was gonna say, The too. Good Place and Parks and Rec in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Maybe you remember that? Sh- quality programs. That terrible months. show, Yes, Dear? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, Dear. Yeah. I remember Yes, Dear. Ugh, that might be. I don't know how you did that. That might be worse than the show itself, because that was not... I feel like that wasn't a good show. I'm basing that off of the fact I haven't seen it in like 15 years. It was on CBS and had Mike O'Malley as the star, so I'm not... 
That's... It's not looking great. <laughs> Again, I know Mike O'Malley best as the host of Guts. <laughs> that pitch. It's just like, all right, I got a great show. You guys are going to love it. All right, who do you want? Who, who's going to be the main character? You remember Guts? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Head of a family. <laughs> Security guard. Yeah, you're going to like it. Like, that's, yeah. But, uh, okay, so there are your power rankings. Uh, purple parrots and uh, blue barracudas coming out on top. And uh, orange iguanas take rocks. Now, it, was it cooler to win Legends of the Hidden Temple or Guts? Because Guts, you got the aggro crag at the, the end, yeah. which was a, a weird mountain. Whereas, like, Legends of the Temple, you just don't get kidnapped so by the strange temple guards. Yeah, it was a, I, and I'd say that, you know, especially when you phrase it that way, I think we're leaning towards guts. I think that'll be the, uh, they, you took home a piece of the crag too. Wasn't it the whole thing? Or am I misremembering? Yeah, it, I think you did. Like they would, yeah, they're just holding up like a, yeah, like the Stanley Cup. They're just holding up over their head like, fuck yes. The two greatest trophies in sports are the aggro crag and the Stanley Cup. Not in that order. It's the Stanley Cup, then the aggro crag. And, you know, and now close. we're going to be going on, uh, this is going to be our, this might be our second year not getting either of them, which is just, or the I Flyers. When are the goddamn Flyers finally going to win the aggro, Craig? Come on. <laughs> I wake up every day and I check my Nickelodeon schedule. I turn on the TV and I just call into Nickelodeon offices and I tell them, you know, Mike's not doing anything. <laughs> you know, he's free. Bring him back. We all like miss you lucky listeners every week. You get to win the aggro, Craig. That, thank you. Good night. Yes, good night. And believe me. <laughs> and believe me, that joke was mentioned a bunch when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, there's a, it was one of the better names people called me when I was growing up. So anyway, see, you want to do around Frank. the league? Around the league. <laughs> do, 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 do you have it? Uh, all right. Not a big around the league section, uh, Steve. So uh, first foremost, John Forsen's contract apparently has expired with the Hurricanes, and he has yet to sign a new one. Uh, he's been the play-by-play guy with the Hurricanes for 25 years and also does NBC broadcast. Not quite sure what's going on with Carolina, but I saw that they also let go of uh, Dudley, uh, somebody who's pretty high up in their front office. So I'm not, I'm not 100 sure what that's about with uh, Forslund, but um, his contract actually probably expired on July 1st, like a bunch of people. But Anaheim has signed a multi-year deal with the Tulsa Oilers to be their ECHL affiliate, and then Riddell Vasleyev uh, will play for oh boy, uh, Nefyanik. Amatisk in the VHL, which uh, I'm led to believe is the KHL's AHL in 2020-21. Uh, 2014 sixth-round pick, went 168th overall to the Flyers and was placed on unconditional waivers back in tw- uh, December of 2018 and left for the VHL last season and played in the KHL and VHL this season. So he was probably the biggest miss in that 2014 uh, draft class, if I remember correctly. Uh, him, because I mean, actually, he might be too, because their seventh round pick, uh, Jesper Pedersen, at least played in the AHL and was used. After, I mean, Vasley did play in the AHL, but yeah. Anyway, doesn't fucking matter. That was around the league. Uh, and we are done. We're done. Shut down. That was maybe the shortest around the league ever. <laughs> I mean, of, yeah. maybe the, I think the one where the league officially suspended the season. Might have been the shortest one because I'm oh, yeah. sure that was just the NHL suspended the season. Yeah, that was why. Yeah, uh, and now we and you know I've been adding in the transactions that have just been happening from hockey leagues everywhere. And this week I went back and looked, and uh, that was the only only recognizable name I saw. So uh, far as 2014 pick, but maybe it'll be more next week. We'll find out. 
We'll find out. Well, we'll find if out. You have any feedback for us, specifically if you have any feedback for Agro Craig, you can find him <laughs> on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. I kind of went aggro with the content this week. I have, um, so I don't know. Craig's I wrote taking the steroids, best... guys. It's crazy. <laughs> taking steroids, just slamming laptops down and getting that 10 out. So I had a, read a whole series about the Flyers most important goal against each franchise. And I know I got I, like, that sounds like it wouldn't be a lot of work. I put a lot of work into it. Uh, pumped out. They were all 3000 word articles. They all went to death about the importance of each goal. Talk about the other meaningful goals that weren't quite at the top. And then I went back and did things like for the devils. I picked out three different goals because for the devils, they were the Rockies for the Rockies. They were the Kansas city scouts. So I went back and talked about those teams histories and talked about the Flyers' best goal against them as well. And also put a lot of league history in there about overtime playoff success and uh, the Flyers playoff history and some series, I guess, or not, I guess, but like older series that, you know, you know, the Flyers won in 74, 75, but there's a little bit about how they got there that I think a lot of people, even our age or younger, don't, you know, don't know about. So there was time to kind of go back and look at that shit. I decided to write about and put it out there. So that stuff. Four articles of that uh, tomorrow, today. I'm uh, doing one more. It's not going to be that long. It's going to be about uh, Rick McLeish's game-winning goal in 74. And then I do have those uh, those hate articles over the next week where I'm going to talk about why I hate the abs, lightning, apparently Leafs, and maybe Sabres. Hate, hate, hate. And, uh, yeah, so that's on the way. So I'm looking forward to that because I do, I do hate some of those teams. Yeah, uh, I think the Leafs, you're not going to have to dive back too hard. Into. Oh, no, me, I'm going to be fine. If you want to quote me <laughs> on some Ty Domi, then, like if you want to listen to some Leafs hate, you just have to listen to any fly verbally where I mentioned Ty Domi. <laughs> well, I was laughing is. in the – I was cracking up in the Slack too because we were talking about it, and I said something like uh, – I didn't look at the sheet, and I said, did anybody grab the Leafs yet? I was like, there's no way that's still out there. And then Kelly was like, yep, you are now. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I know a lot of people in the Slack hate the Leafs, so I don't want to, you know, I wanted to leave that open. So I, I thought maybe we could have a, have a round table for that, getting our licks on the Leafs. I'm sure if you, you and I are If you could drag me into writing like for one thing, it could be a round table. <laughs> the Kyle Dubas, the genius. <laughs> That's my nerd voice. Uh, Canadians, I think it's good. I don't know. The Canadians' history is just annoying. All you hear about is cups, but the Canadians haven't been like good in our lives. I know they won a cup in 93, but again, that was a know, long time ago. That. Johnny Vermont yeah. was on their roster. Like it was, it was uh, yeah. been a while. And you always have to hear about the Bell center. And then it always feels like they flood every game that they're at, which is fine. It's a nice sport, but it's just annoying as fuck when, you know, that's, I guess, you know, I know that's how Eagles fans and everybody are. So, and I know, uh, silly, the lightning. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about 2004, the lightning and then the trap game. And then, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't like Martin St. Louis. I know he's a good guy. There's just something about. I don't know if the 2004 series just cut too deep. I just, uh, I just don't like. It's a terrible take. I got that can in there also, before this podcast. <laughs> can we also agree that Montreal Canadiens is as lazy of a name as Houston Texans? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not great. Yeah. Oh, the it's Philadelphia not. Philadelphians. <laughs> <laughs> and then they spelled it wrong too, which is uh. That's the Canadian way. We, we were nice to Canada and then we took it all away. <laughs> that's that. We, okay, we just got in on that, I think. 
that's the one we got to go out of. That you know, that's how we go out. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but make it Flyperbole for your hockey needs. And uh, be sure to listen to our Flyperbole under quarantine episodes as well, where we talk about one Flyers-related topic for the entirety of the episode. This past week, we made the team of the all-time Flyers killers, and it was unpleasant. No, it was fun. It was not cool. Yeah, <laughs> It sucks to talk about these guys that just decimated the Flyers over the years, but it was a good time. And follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and facebook uh blah 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 whatever it's done mm-hmm. folks <laughs> that's all we got go enjoy your fourth stay socially distant still okay you can do it we've done it so far you can keep doing it i know it's tough but you got this you got this wear a damn yeah, mask God. for the love of god i'm gonna yell at you over this one wear a mask stop making me feel weird for wearing my mask like a smart person okay wear a damn mask. <laughs> and that's it that's it that's all there is Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!